Bocas del Toro, Panama. A secluded seaside hideaway. Scott Makeda has no idea that his tropical haven is about to become his personal hell. He literally said, I have the power of Satan. A serial killer pretending to be a therapist. Holbert rents a room and that's where he set up his business as a fake shrink. Accusations of a gringo mafia. Gun running, drugs. A slaughtered family. And then he goes back and he plants another bullet. A killer on tape. Hey man, I'm guilty. Everybody knows I'm a monster. The law of the jungle is simple. Survive. From Treefort Media and Village Roadshow Entertainment Group, this is Natural Selection, Scott versus Wild Bill. I'm your host, Candace DeLong. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So we're going to do something a little different today for our listeners. Jordan and I are just going to talk for a while, and we're going to talk about kind of the state of our country. And, uh, and Ooh, you know, sexy, sexy it up for yeah, us, Governor. This you is... know, and, and, you know, the things that he's concerned about, his friends are concerned about, and maybe I can shed some light on what I think is, is going on, and, um, and we learn from each other. That's the whole key, and the key to this podcast is that, Try to figure out how to get people to listen and and figure out how we can reach some common ground. And that's what it's really all about. So I I just uh, I'm going to let you name the topics, Jordan, except for the first one, which is the polarization of our country. Um, <laughs> except for the first one. That's a well, big I one. Mean, that's a big gotta, one to kick yeah, it off it is. With. It is a big one. And I, I just wondered what you think is uh, has caused this uh, this polarization and maybe what we can do to 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 uh to try to stop it to heal this uh the cause of this polarization easy yeah. them they have caused it i of course kid it's easy to point fingers that's where the polarization starts or what have you well i mean that's 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 a big meaty topic and also solving it is not the the easiest answer i mean i think what it what it comes down to right now we've talked about this on our podcast yep. um many times um we are divided. I think it boils down to we we don't believe the same truths anymore. And you can look at the causes for that. There's there's many. I think our technology exacerbates the truths and the echo chambers that we uh, find ourselves in. Um, but I think right now, when when there is this talk of a a divided country, there are lots of people who wield power and manipulate that division. But I think ultimately it boils down to uh, there's basic truths that we don't believe. I mean, you can look at the political spectrum and the election is a, a great place to, to look at from the political point of view. Of do people believe the facts about who was elected yeah. president? And then you can look at other topics as how well. How do you think it, we got here, though, Jordan? How, how do you think when we say we, we don't believe the, the same truths or we don't look at we don't we don't understand truth i mean among all of us right i mean mm-hmm. i think it was pontius pilate that looked at jesus and said or jesus might have said what is tr-? pilate said what is truth so when you when we can't look at facts and determine that they're consistent how do you think we got here I mean, maybe it is biblical. I mean, Jesus was also like, look at this water, suddenly that thing is wine. And now what What am I supposed to believe? You know, I thought this guy's dead, and now I'm rolling away rocks, and this guy's walking right. out. I don't know. There's no truth anymore. I think, you know, I think confirmation bias is something human beings constantly pursue. I think that's only become easier in this modern marketplace of ideas. Uh, but if what we do you mean? At, what do you mean by that? Tell me well, what that what that mean. I, I believe we like to feel good. We like yeah. to think that we are right. We are the right. hero in our own story, in our own journey. And I think more often than not, we tell ourselves stories to put ourselves right in the middle. I think that's a very human thing to do. Um, we don't like to be confronted with information that makes our point of view, challenges them or says that we are wrong. And I think uh, in this day and age, it's easier to find like-minded voices. And like we've yeah. said, if we're, if we're literally talking social media, th- there's a lot of good. And I think there's... 
Uh, we've talked a little bit on this podcast. I think you saw also, in some ways, the way social media had been used for good. And the, there's peaks in 2010 for the the uh, Arab Spring and, and moments of like collective unity where people were able to use these tools. And that's essentially what they are. They are, they are tools that allow people with no voice to find like-minded people and to utilize that voice. And you could see this as a tool that was utilized for good. But I think uh, since then, it has been warped in a way where we are utilizing it to uh, block out ideas that we find uncomfortable and create our own bubbles and, and worlds around that. You know, and, uh, it, it, it's interesting, Jordan. The Surgeon General, um, who we've had on this podcast, mm-hmm. I thought he was terrific. One of his big focuses is, is on loneliness, that people are lonely, that people are even lonely when they're part and when they're in a crowd. And when I think about this, and I think I agree with what, what, where you're going here, we get in our silos, we kind of have a team, you know, we, we adopt a team and we kind of feel comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden we speak out against our team, we could be thrown out of the group and then we're more lonely and maybe we find solace and comfort. And so therefore, I think you're crazy. You think I'm crazy. And if I say you're not crazy, uh, then I get ostracized. I mean, I see it in politics all the time. And that's mm-hmm. why compromise is so hard. You know, think about this. You know, in American politics today, much different than when I was there, there are not many any districts that are competitive. Right. So, you know, and this is the problem. And maybe something like a ranked voting or a basic reform there could help us. But right now, it's all primaries. You know, there's so if you're in a primary, you know, you you then take a position that responds to those really, frankly, who scream the loudest. And so what we have is a polarization of the parties. And if I get elected and I'm part of this group and I decide that I want to go work with a Democrat, I get I get ostracized. And so it takes courage to break out. And I think the other thing you said that I absolutely agree with intellectually. I think it's cool when you can take in new ideas, and but maybe people just maybe it's. Tell me what you think. I mean, is it a condition that I mean, we Governor, don't? I, I hear I hear a lot of Governor Kasich in this storytelling, and I think it's true. But one of the one of the things that drew me to doing this podcast and talking to you is the fact that we've talked about this here. We've talked about it offline so much. Is that at some point you decided to step outside of what your party's narrative was and speak to something larger. And yes, I think that was very cool. Governor, in my mind, you had, when you were standing at that crossroads, which was literally a crossroads, right? When you did the thing yeah, at the I'll DNC. I'll have to show it to you sometime. Yeah, I think you did. You have a leather jacket <laughs> on in it's my mind. You had a, a, a back, which, that was a bit much. To be honest, it was <laughs> kind of on the nose. Let's, let's put Kasich literally in the middle of a field at a crossroads. Robert Johnson walking by. You're like, okay, Okay, guys, let's let's. But uh, but 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 don't you think that to a degree, Jordan, this comes from kind of the way you were raised? Because everybody kind of looks at what I did and they connect it to the to the Trump stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I was first elected to office, I mean, I never thought of being like a. I mean, I was a Republican; it was my vehicle, but it was never my master. Even when I started. You know, I was like the youngest state senator. I think I remain the youngest state senator in Ohio history. And my party was trying to raise taxes and I wouldn't vote for it. I wrote my own budget and they were ready to, to kill me. I it just I just said, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, on any of these issues. And I I can I think I attribute that maybe to my mother, that my mother was outspoken. And so it's never bothered me to step out of the crowd. And frankly, what's really weird about it is when you step out of the crowd, that's when you become a leader. And I've been amazed at how these people are polarized, particularly in the Republican Party. They're polarized. They're afraid to stand up. And, and you know, you got Liz Cheney and Kinzinger, but many of them, they just just kind of go along. And it, it's just weird to me. Because mm-hmm. you never get to be a leader that way. You don't. What's your agenda? Why? Are, whose agenda are you following? Mm-hmm. You know, is that? I mean, when you see something like that happening, I think I think you're right. I think it's originally. I would say that idea of a maverick. You know, the the, the world of John McCain as as somebody right. that like I think you know he appealed to uh, people on both sides of the aisle in, in many ways because I think he was seen as somebody who was above politics at time. You can get into the nitty-gritty there, but he had a right. lot of respect in the Democratic uh, Party. Um, you look at that blueprint happening today, Kinzinger, 
He ain't running again. Cheney is getting blasted right now. I don't know if right. you've been watching her debates. Um, I think she's very impressive. I don't agree with a lot of her political right. views, but but I, I listened to her summation in the Wyoming debate, and it's it's both beautiful and heartbreaking because it seems to be the most commonplace, almost boilerplate Americana speech about if you care about these things, vote for me. And I'm like, you know what? I believe it. She's actually walked the walk in the last few months uh, regarding yep. that. And, and I, I'm imagining uh, the people in the primary watching that and saying, ah, not for me. And so I don't know. Is that is that narrative? Is that done? Is it done you know, for right I, now? I, 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 uh, Jordan, don't you think, though, you know, that you're a hopeful kid from Michigan. I'm a hopeful kid from Pittsburgh. And I have a tendency to think that there there is, I hope, a pendulum that can swing, a pendulum where you're going to see more people rewarded for being um, for being a maverick. And um, and I think when we see people on either side that are just different and a maverick, that should be appealing to uh, to people that that they work with, you know, I remember Ron Dellums. That Ron was a, a dear friend of mine. He was very very liberal uh, politician. Uh, you know, a, a, a um, an activist in the in the '60s, led marches and everything. And you know, over time, it, at first people were kind of freaked out. He was going to be the head of the Armed Services Committee. He became a dear friend of mine. I spoke at his funeral people began to get respect for him. Maybe those days will come back where if you are in fact a maverick or it's not so much being a maverick, it's it's having an agenda that you're willing to follow even if you get criticized. It's just, this is what I believe in. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm sorry, I'll listen to you. I might shade it, but I'm not going to give up my agenda. And I'm not working for the Democratic Party and I'm not working for the Republican Party. I'm trying to do what I think I need to do to improve the lives of people. And right now it's like go along and get along. It's just it's horrible. I I I'd like to think and I hope there is a pendulum that swings back. I here's where I'm skeptical and I'm I'm less hopeful. Uh I remember when we talked to Ian Bremmer, a thing that he said that resonated with me. He was talking about uh what we would need to get out of this. And he said, it's all about leader, if I recall. He was like, it's charisma. Somebody like, we, we, we need that figure that people can uh, uh, put some of their issues with party uh, into that, that, that charismatic leader who can take us beyond that. So first of all, who is that? I don't know. Secondly, yeah. I, we talk about Mavericks in a way, and, and, and I look at somebody like, let's say AOC, which we have different yeah. opinions about AOC. But right. I would argue... Uh, that AOC believes in something. She believes hard in that thing. And she right. she doesn't want to compromise that belief for anything else. And I think that's a compelling message to a lot of people, a maverick to some. Yeah. And I, I think she's very articulate also about being outside of the system, like not, not showing love yeah. for the system, showing love for getting these things done. And I think yeah, that is the I, type I of thing that I'm like, I think that's a compelling argument. Um, well, I think, but, Jordan, let's just take, let's take her for a second. Okay. And I may disagree with with some of her policies. I didn't like what she did when Amazon was trying to go to New York. But look, you got to give the lady her due. She's a compelling figure. She's articulate. She's bold. Okay, if I were in the Congress, I would try to figure out how to do something with her on something that we agreed upon. But that does now it seems like if you want to go work with AOC, you know, we're going to throw you out of the Republican Party. And that's stupid. Well, that, that's, that's that, stupid because she's a force. And and now if you look on our side, you know, you could see that I guess you could say Liz Cheney was a force. I don't really know all the members of the Republican Party down there or who I consider to be a force. Uh Anybody that would be a force like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, that's a force I want nothing to do with. So you have to distinguish between those who are a legitimate force and those who are kind of out there, you know, mm -hmm. spinning out of spinning in, uni in the universe somewhere. But if I were a member, I was a serious member of the House, I would try to figure out with AOC, what is something that we can do together? But you're because saying that's you're really saying cool. That I I agree with you. Do you think there's any appetite for that? Because I think no, I, not I, right I, now. I, that that's what that's where I fear about this this elusive pendulum swing. Because 
I, I think you're 100% right. She's such a compelling figure in the, the Democratic Party. I think she has a great following. But when we talk about what will swing that pendulum back, I think these mavericks become pariahs that are then attacked viciously. And if you're in your own silo, like AOC well, okay. yeah. to, to, yeah. to so many people is radioactive. And I think yeah. that is is a, a creation of, uh, uh, you know, we have to create these boogeymen in the same way they have for Liz Cheney or what have you. So you have... I think you probably have people who are thinking exactly what you think in the House right now on the Republican side who are just like, but you know what? One picture of me with AOC and suddenly I'm going to be a, a narco-socialist, Greenpeace, coming Nazi. Like, yeah. there's, there, well, you don't even understand yeah. what it's going to be. It's like they're just going to paint me with something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, it says I, I, I I've drowned yeah. puppies. It's so like, well, I, I – the way we've talked about AOC is we make her radioactive when I'm like, I think she's she's progressive, but there's no, there's no, my frustration is I feel there's no earnest engagement with her ideas. There's just an immediately um, whitewashing of them and, yeah. and trying to make her something other than that. But, and that, Jordan, that feels broken to me. It, it takes two to tango. So she, you can't, even though you have your agenda and you need to make sure that it is a legitimate agenda. Okay, you check with your friends, but at sometimes you can't have it all your own way. I mean, we we learned that as kids. So the question is, is she willing to respond to somebody who reaches out to her in the Republican Party? Because does then she get criticized? Oh, you're you're dealing with this weak need Republican. But let me let me tell you a, an interesting story. I, I keep mentioning Ron Dellums. He's had a major impact on my life. When I first met Ron, there was a we had invaded Grenada, and uh, Reagan sent the troops in, and they went into the dictator's safe and they found these documents uh, from I think it was from the U.S. House of Representatives, and people started accusing Dellums of having given these documents to this left-wing guy down there in Grenada. And I never forget we were on an airplane flight, and I there was a seat next to him, and I went and sat next to him. I said, Mr. Dellums, I want to ask you a question. Did you give documents, secret documents to Maurice Bishop down there in Grenada? And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, look, John, I had these two women who worked in my office and they loved Maurice Bishop. I had nothing to do with those documents. I slapped them on the knee and I said, you're my guy. And, and all of a sudden he started to, you know, but it took, I think a large part of this, you're going to sound this, 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 you might think this is crazy, but it takes love. Crazy. You know, what? why are we demonizing AOC? Okay, we can disagree with her, but we can't. What do we want? We want her to suffer or or some or some, you know, Republican who's who's extreme. We it takes it takes love in order to improve this society. And we don't we're not having a lot of love right now. We're having a lot of anger and a lot of put downs and right. And this, demonization. Uh, yes. Yeah, so here, here, I want you to help me out with this, Governor, because I yeah. I agree with you. We'll be right back. Oh, my stars, Steve. My stars and stripes. We have some exciting news. Shall we tell them? We should reveal that Chinwag is hitting the road again and going on a West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. If you missed us in your fair city, truly, friends, don't fret, don't fear, don't have a panic attack. <laughs> Do not panic. We will be recording live Chinwags in May in Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Yes, in L.A. will be at Dynasty Typewriter on May 14th. You can go to chinwagpod.fm slash Los Angeles for tickets. And on May 16th, we're going to be in Portland at Revolution Hall. For those tickets, go to chinwag.fm slash Portland. And we'll be at Town Hall, the great town hall in Seattle on May 17th. For tickets to that, go to chinwagpod.fm slash Seattle. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty, mighty. So get your tickets at chinwagpod.fm, and we will see you there. Come on out, waggers. Come out, waggers. Come out. <laughs> Come out of hiding. <laughs> and now back to the show. Let, let me speak from the folks in my world right now, people who lean left with politics, I think would 100% agree with you there. From our perspective, it seems like there is one party that's attempting to enact yeah. policy and ideas that are based 
in love. I would argue loving whether it's the planet, someone you're married with, somebody who's different than others. There are policies that I think often the Democratic Party is trying to push. Protections for people uh, who are different. Uh, Schools, let's take guns away from people because uh, we're afraid because kids got shot. And these are complicated matters I understand. But when we look at the GOP right now and the, the major faces within it, I agree with you on we need love, we need empathy, but I'm not seeing it. Are you are you seeing anybody who is Look, leading I was with talking love? To a, I was talking to a, a friend of mine this morning, and I was saying, what percentage of the party do you think is wacko, okay? Because we have some absolute wackos in our party, okay? I, and we probably have more wackos oh. in our party than the Democrats have in their party, but they got wackos too. Well, but that's... I said, what percentage of what percentage of Republicans, do you think? And he thought for a second, and he said maybe 10 or 15%. But the problem is they garner the headlines. They garner the social media following. Um, So let's let's just take these issues on, like, like, okay, you told me about your friends. They're gay, okay? And Mm -hmm. they're worried that things are going to change, okay? That somehow the court's going to turn around and change. I don't believe that will happen. I don't see it. I don't see it in the court. I haven't, I don't, I'm not a really a court follower, but the judges have made statements about this. Now, you have to distinguish that from Roe v. Wade, because that has been, the abortion wars have gone on before you were born and before I think I was born. And so there's been both sides that have been trying to get their way, okay? That has been something going on forever. I think on the issue of of gay rights, I think that ship has sailed. I think that people are now, I don't find people saying we ought to somehow roll those back or discriminate. I think think we've moved past it on that. So what I would say to your friends, and I'm going to always give you the the best thoughts I can give you is, I don't think those things are going to be undone. Now you can say, well, you know, we never thought this would happen or that would happen. And and that's right. But there's just, it's just a different environment and a different situation. That's my, my view. I, I hear you, but I don't know if that is going to be received with much solace. Yeah, I think, it may not I, be. I, I, but I think if they don't pass something, if they don't, if they, if they don't repeal it or something, then they may actually pass something in the Congress. Well, but this is, and one of my buddies is involved in it. Rob Portman from Ohio. He's, uh, He's trying to put this into statute. Well, I mean, Good for him. Well, that's happening right now. Well, so, and to, if our listeners aren't caught up on this, I do think uh, right now, recently, you know, Ted Cruz mentioned, hey, we should perhaps look at uh, some of these old court cases that have codified specifically gay marriage. Um, and you can even look at interracial marriages. Um, uh, I understand that it feels like a long shot, but. Roe v. Wade felt like a long shot and like just a political football for so long. And yeah. and and I think there is a lot of people in this country who have been told by people in power that it was like, don't get caught up in this battle. This isn't going to change. The Supreme Court has spoken. Move on. And now, now they're losing the rights. And so you suddenly hear this about gay marriage. And I agree with you. I, I looked up some stats recently. It's like, what, 71% of Americans support gay marriage. It feels like the American public supports gay marriage. It does feel, I'd like to say it feels like that ship has sailed. We've decided that. But the House brought uh, brought up a bill to protect gay marriage and um and the majority of Republicans voted against yeah. it. And, and I don't I don't know what all their what all their, their logic was on that. You know, maybe they're kind of states' rights people. But I, I think that's just that's just not where that's that you're not gonna have something in a Republican uh platform, although I I don't even know why they but have wait, a platform wait, wait, I, that's going to say we should repeal this or something like that. I don't but, I don't think why, so. Here, what wait, I think what, is going to happen, Jordan, because of all this, though, and we, we talked about this briefly, I think you're going to see the uh, uh, the confirmation hearings on these judges, all judges at all levels are going to change. I think it's going to happen. And, you know, a lot of these nominees, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, these candidates for the court, you know, they kind of play rope-a-dope with with the questioners. I think there's going to be an end to rope-a-dope. I I do. And I don't – I'm not a a lawyer, so I don't understand all the workings of the court. Maybe at some point we ought to have somebody come on uh, and talk to us about the workings of the court and how this – and I think that would be very interesting for us to hear. I'm I I I agree with you there. I think what I'm curious about 
where the party stands and what they care about. I think there was an interesting story that came up about a GOP lawmaker who attended his gay son's uh, wedding three days after voting against protecting same-sex marriage. This this is what this. I'd like to hear his answer as to why he did it. Oh, I think I looked it up. What uh, you know? What what did he say? I think he said. I mean, he's he's saying. Uh, essentially, um, you know, Democrats are trying to politicize this, but it, I, that's a dodge. I, t- to me, to me, what I can't get my head around is. But you also saw, you also saw what he said. How excited he was to welcome another member of his family. So I, I can't. Oh, look, I can't. But- but that's but, bullshit. I mean, if he feels that, but he votes against it, come on. Doesn't that doesn't that infuriate you to see somebody who's like, I was so happy. I was so happy to see my son find love. And I will do know, anything part, part of it, to not protect yeah. other people from finding that love. Jordan, and I think when we're, we were talking about love, yeah. and you say love, and I think like yeah. you, you, what you spoke to, and I, again, I know, I know gay marriage is a, is a tricky issue, but I think you spoke to it. I, I, I watched your uh, debate, the Megyn Kelly debate, and I think you spoke to you spoke to the issue of gay marriage, even though it might not align with your religious beliefs, but leading with love. And I respect that. And I think that as a message Americans respect, and I think Jordan, that congressmen respect that. Yeah, but but he has power. What, no, no, no. Here's here's part of a way to think about this. And I know this is hard. And it may it may sound, you know, like I'm just gonna tell you. Those people down there, in the, like that guy, somebody should sit down and talk to him and say, let me tell you who I am, and let me tell you what I think, and let me tell you how I feel, and I'd really like to know how you feel, and why did you do this when you had, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just don't give up hope on people. There's some people that I served with that I just, I stayed far away from because I knew they were, they were just lost causes. I wasn't going to waste my time. But there were other people that as frustrating and as difficult as it was. And I had many. Look, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to deal with cutting programs. I'm trying to kill a major weapon system. Here in Ohio, I'm trying to expand Medicaid when my party doesn't want to do it. I had to, I just had to keep the patience. And I had to say to them, life is more important than your then you're the basically quote unquote your puny little position here. I but so to, that's well, what you got to do. Not who, just say who, I'm done with you. You're a scum, and I I want you're a bum. I mean that's I mean that's hard. I and I'm sure you. you've gone through this. You get through this with your own friends. Where you, I got friends. I have to tell you though, and be honest with you, I have some friends right now who I cannot talk to about Trump or Biden. Because they're lost causes. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad to say it. Now, maybe so at some are, point I mean, so you, you, you admit horrible. that there are lost causes. Like, I, cause, you, yeah, you're saying this right are. now. Glenn Thompson is this GOP rep. I, like, right. Is there any? Why sit down with this guy? This guy—it's literally his son is benefiting from something. I don't know if it's something. a lost cause. My guys, look, I say this. They're my friends. I'm hoping. I was hoping that January 6th would open one of their eyes, and it, it just hasn't. So, what am I going to do? I'm not going to. I'm not going to love the guy. I mean, I, I'm frustrated. See, I, I don't want to. I mean, is, I love am, is your thing. I'm, you love is your thing, Governor. You let him go. No, I'm, I got. I. But you know why? Because he's my friend, and I don't agree with him. And I can either write him off, or I can say, no, I'm not going to write him off. I'm going to be patient. But it's hard sometimes, Jordan. Well, it's but, it's hard. So you you I having... remember there was a guy named Ron Paul. He served in the house with us. Yeah. He he does these commercials on TV for I don't know reverse mortgages or whatever the hell it is. He never voted for one single thing. No matter what I would say to him, we had a chance we balanced the budget. He would not vote for it. I finally just gave up. I don't dislike or I don't hate Ron. I don't dislike him. It's just okay, I'm done with it. I don't, I, I don't have the right to write anybody off, is what I'm saying, any more than a Republican has a right to write off AOC. They okay. have no right to do that. At, but, at, but at what point are we wasting so much energy trying to change the minds of people who are clearly focused on something other than the common good? We're spending all that energy on that when there are giant problems at hand. Yeah. Like, I don't, there, we should not spend... Uh, uh, we shouldn't send AOC to go talk to Glenn Thompson, who goes to a wedding of his son and isn't convinced to help other no, people. No, but, like, it's but like, I would say there are other people there that she can talk to and work with. Well, and be- I'm not even saying she should go talk to him. I'm just saying over the course of my career, 30 years in holding office, 
I really, except for a few people, I tried to never write anybody off. And I was always saying, okay, if you don't agree with me on this, what is it that you think that you can agree with me on? Because that's how you make progress. And I know what you're saying. Look, look at this healthcare. I'll give you one good example, the healthcare issue. I mean, I mean, think about the cost of drugs. Think, I mean, and they're not doing anything. And we've been through the gun stuff. I mean, how, I mean, I understand. Governor, but I think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to save you so much time right now. Yeah. You're not, you don't want to write anybody off. And I think that's kind. I think that's loving, but it's going to waste a lot of time. So I'm going to just give you people that we can write off right now. Uh, Matt okay. Gates. let's write off Matt Gates. <laughs> okay. uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, let's write her off. Um, Bobert, we can write her off. Let's add this Glenn Thompson to the list. Are there any Democrats we can write off? Uh, I'll get to it. That's somewhere down the line. I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. But there are some, right? <laughs> you know, I think most of them are working towards causes that I yeah. think are more beneficial. I, I think what Matt Gates is working towards, there, there, there is no good to be found. So yeah. I. <laughs> well, look, and here's the thing, Jordan, that people have a hard time coming to grips with. Legislating, making law is really hard. I spent 10 years, 10 years of my life trying to get us to a balanced budget. Now, why did I care about that? Because I didn't want to put wit in the, you know, in, in debt chains. I mean, I'm looking out for kids and families. I went after the B-2 bomber. Why? I didn't want to spend a billion dollars for an airplane that I didn't think we needed. We just needed a handful of them. It took me, Jordan, 10 years. Medicaid expansion in this state. I fought for that. I thought I was... I just wish I could show you the amount of energy that I had to expend getting it, but I got it. And sometimes things take a long time. Let's take talk about the environment, a little bit about the New Green Deal and all that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go to a town hall and just deny it anymore. Oh, there's some Republicans that will do it, but the bulk of Republicans <laughs> I mean, if say you, if you want to get elected in most red areas, you will. But no, no, no. You you can be you can absolutely talk about about what we need to do on on climate. I mean, it, it's you, you don't have to be afraid to talk about it. Now, the question is, how quickly do you move? Do you have people that, for example, are going to have to pay $5 for gasoline? That's a different issue. But the recognition of the fact that there's a problem there has grown. It absolutely has grown. I, now, are I, we going to do all the things that AOC wants? The answer is, or or John Kerry, who I, you know, I was doing a thing with John Kerry and John Kerry and Arnold and I did a thing uh, where we were trying to get, bring more public into understanding the issue of climate. Uh, it, these things just take time. I know it's frustrating. Why does it have to take so long? It's how the system was put together. Well, but okay. So governor, how do we, help me out here. How do yeah. we evolve Republicans faster? Because this climate change thing, I get that it's it's great that we're at a point that you can be like, guys, yeah. the world is uh, eating itself right now. We don't have a whole lot of time left. I'm glad yeah. we could all almost agree on that, but it's almost too late. And I think the sad well, truth is, I don't is, think it's almost too late. But, but, but that's but, but that, well, but I but okay. here, but but here's the question. But okay, here, but, but here, no, but I would say that I feel like here's here's where people are so frustrated right now. Is I do think like climate scientists are saying we have to act now, and we had this. Big bill. Some. That so, I mean, everybody says we should, but at what speed is it? Is a matter of of, of debate and opinion. I, but but I but I think most debate and opinion is either supersonic speed, uh, really fast, okay. or it's too late. It seems to be the well. The, too the, late is is that's 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 way out there. Okay, but are there some things we can do? So here's the answer to that: is, and this is where sometimes people get tripped up based on their own strongly held views. How far are the what what are the Democrats willing to do to sit down and talk to Republicans about what it is that we can agree upon? No, I'm you want to oh, know I the know, answer. Know, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm being good. I'm being because good, sometimes I'm being good. the Democrats don't know how to take anything. They want they want everything. Look, I saw it. I've seen it in the environment environment issues when I was governor. I've seen it on guns. That if we can't get everything we want on guns, we ought to get nothing, you know, because we're not giving it all. I'm saying it takes both sides. And look, sometimes it can appear to be a stone wall. I I know you're, I know what you're saying. I know you're (laughs) frustrated, but if you and I sat in a room, okay. And we got, I could tell you this, we got a Democrat who is way out there on climate and we could get a Republican who's sort of a, I want to say a denier. I don't want, that's too much, but I find somebody who's reasonable. Okay. Then 
I think you sit them in a room and you say, okay, we know we have a problem. Just look at the temperature, look at the look at the variance, look at the amount of carbon in the atmosphere, look at look at the blanket that's out there, okay? What are we going to do about it? Tell me what we're going to do about it. What can we agree upon? Let's at least get some bill through. Let's get something through. And enough of, and that doesn't go on because on the on the Democrat side a lot of times it's like I want the whole enchilada or I want nothing and on the Republican side is they don't want to compromise and they're too extreme. Now I've lived in this. I've lived I know in you've this lived in it, but, I, but here's here's what I'm living I'm in. A, I'm living in it now again. I, trust me, I'm, I'm living in it, and it's a sauna, and it's it's burning everybody <laughs> up. I think I get it. Although I feel like we're at the point where it's going to take the whole enchilada. I get why the Democrats are asking because scientists are like, uh, it's whole enchilada time. You wanted tacos or taquitos? That was a decade ago, <laughs> and so now it's like. Democrats are like, oh, it turns out we need the whole enchilada. And yeah. it's 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 nice that some Republicans are like, you know, I'm willing to try some chips and guac. Let's try the yeah. chips and guac. And I think it's like, no, guys, it's enchilada time. We're ordering the enchilada, bring it to the table. And then Joe okay. Manchin's like, I don't know if I want to eat today, guys. Uh, now, he happens to be a Democrat, by the way. That's that's what some people have said. I, I don't yeah. know. I'll have to do my research on that. But Jordan, here's what I'm saying to you. Either either we order the whole we either get, order the whole enchilada or we don't eat anything, because well, and, and that doesn't make sense. So why don't we get part of an enchilada and some tacos, and we can no, I'm, Jordan. I'm just trying I, to tell here's, you. Here's, I, here's what's going to happen. You're yeah. going to make that deal, and I'm like, then it's going to be like, fine. Let's just get some nice tacos to share, and then chips and salsa guy's going to be like, you know what? That still seems like a little bit much. What if we just do chips? And you're like, oh guys. <laughs> The restaurant's closing. This, the, 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 you see that? They're, Jordan, they're, they're it's, turning it's, on the it's, lights. It, you know what? I, I, I completely now, a light has really come on, and I, I really understand where you're coming from. It is, it's hard, Jordan. It is just, you know, try to go in your building, if you have a, some kind of a building commission, and try to get everybody to agree on the next thing you're going to do. I mean, it's it's so it's hard. It's hard, and change is just hard. We have to just understand it. But I I know understand your deep, uh, you know your your what, what's the word your deep passion for these things. I get it. I've just been around long enough to know. And look, people used to tell me, Kasich, you just want everything. You don't want to give at all. You are you're in, you know I hear it all the time. Look at me with Trump. Why couldn't you have come to the convention? Okay, I didn't go. I stood my ground, and that's it. But if I do that all the time then I become a figure that doesn't have any influence and doesn't get listened to. So I'm just saying to you, the green initiatives and all that going forward, look, we one of the big arguments is India and China are just building all these belching plants and what we do doesn't matter much. I think both sides should agree that if we're going to do something in our trade deals, something like that, they're going to have to clean some of it up. I mean, they're going to have to. Now, we can't shove everything down their throat because they're going to say no, but we should expect some things. Look at Ukraine, okay? Here we are, the leader in Ukraine and providing the weapons. And it was like, where are the Germans? Now, all of a sudden, the Germans have moved. And we they got a war right on their border, right? So what I'm saying to you is, and I think you should vent. I think you should yell at me. I think you should say, I want the whole enchilada, but you ain't going to get it. And I'm just here to try to tell you how we get something. I agree. I, I trust you. I, okay. I know, That's I know all we're I'm not going to get it. I've been, I've been to this restaurant before, and I rarely <laughs> leave full. I barely get served. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's <laughs> Maybe we ought to have a couple beers or whatever it is you drink that's a little harder than that. And I'll loosen it up to get a little bit more progress towards it, enchiladas. <laughs> that's, I, you know what? Let's, let's, let's booze it up as much as we can. <laughs> Here, you know what I? Yeah. Here, here's the thing that also we pull back. I think there's an international element of it too, and we can look at what's happening yeah. with Ukraine. And we yeah. have to be international right now. Uh, it's an international world, uh, and I get it. You're not going to get concessions from certain countries, and it's frustrating, especially from an environmental point of view. Um, clearly, what we're dealing with with Russia right now, there's, um, it's not everybody's putting in the same amount, and I know that's frustrating. I think something that maybe is a selling point for a traditional GOP is American exceptionalism, like this this leader idea. I, t To me, yeah. I don't know where it shifted from. Like, I, To be honest, it's something yeah. that I, I don't believe as much in, but I grew up in understanding 
best in the world. We create these things like th these 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 giant prog uh, programs, these impossible solutions. America is on the forefront, and it feels like environment is an example. And I will look at the last thing that the Republicans shot down and Mansion shot down as like it puts us behind. Uh, when it comes to global innovation uh, with clean energy. And I yeah. think that's, like it or not, it's coming. And we have to come up with answers. And we're just passing the buck to somebody else. Well, I, I, you know, you're, you can, can we just take one little pause here? I'll be, just give me one second. I've got to grab something. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Just for our listeners at home, this is where the governor goes and gets his notes so he can appear smarter than me, who off the cough is just this articulate, thoughtful, and funny. So the governor will return back with papers and notes that you yourself cannot see, but I will be watching him come across as somebody who just articulately knows these data points. Um, and it's a ruse. It's a trick that the Republicans have, have utilized for, for eons. So... Thanks for listening, but that's what, that's what you'll be hearing. We'll be right back. And now back to the show. You know, Jordan, you talk about American exceptionalism, and I, I want to just tell you one thing. I had a, another conversation with a – I got a group of people I call all the time, and we talk about pretty meaty issues. And one of the things that's deeply concerning to me about the Republican Party is the walking away from science – and from intellectualism, okay? I don't like that. I don't know where that's even come from. But let's leave that aside for a second and say that's an important thing that our that the Republican Party, you got to reject that notion mm -hmm. that you don't like intellectuals or science is all BS. It's, it's ridiculous. But when it comes to the world, Jordan, if we're not leading, who is? And so now that was a big, terrible mistake in, in Afghanistan. Uh, that sent shudders throughout the entire world. And I thought we should leave Afghanistan. I think it was the right call. But I mean, but as you know, I think everybody knows, the way it was carried out was a, was a disaster. And what it did, it was almost like the red line in, in Syria, where we were going to take out Assad, or we were going to it takes serious action if they use chemical weapons there, and they did, and we looked the other way. America's word has to be good. And at the same time, of course, we got to be on the moral high ground. We can never be on the moral high ground all the time because we're just, isn't as a nation, we have our faults. But the idea of leading the world on energy, I'll give you another one. I think we're making a horrible mistake on uh, trade. Trade advances people, fair trade, not, you know, free trade and fair trade. It advances people. It raises people's standard of living. I got to, this, this is going to blow your mind. I got a call because Obama, President Obama was trying to push this Pacific trade agreement. Okay. So they call up my office and they say, would, would the governor mind if he sat next to President Obama? I said, well, what kind of a question is that? He said, well, a lot of Republicans don't want to be seen with him. I'm like, well, I'll sit on his lap if that'll make everybody feel better. And I went down there and I was here with Mike Bloomberg. This was at the end of the Obama presidency. And we all stood up and supported the Pacific Trade Agreement. Who opposed it? The unions and the Republicans. And so we, we now have China with this big shadow over all these little countries in Asia who are depending on us to provide them some security against the aggression of China. And when it comes to trade, which would have locked a bunch of stuff in, we said, no, it's nuts. And we're not the leader on that. And I, I do think that what we have done in, in Ukraine, and I think NATO is stronger than it's, than, it's, than it's been in a very long time. But it has to get down to medicine, too. You know, old buddy of mine, uh, 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 you know, one of, one of the, the really, really great people that worked with Bono on PETFAR in Africa called me the other day. And I, I can't know believe, you to talk about I can't Bono. Believe you snuck but here's Bono the thing. He, wants to, he wanted to take vaccines to Africa to protect them from COVID. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we should be doing. Preaching to the you know? choir, Governor, I, I, I think, sadly— 
the GOP has left any idea of science as a calling card or progress as a calling card. I think that's anti-intellectualism. Is it's is a bad? Ba- it's a bad, it's bad play, and I think like I think it's DeSantis bad. is somebody who knows better, but is playing it up and playing into it. And I think I think you're right. I I wonder. Do you think there is a narrative? We we talk on this the nitty gritty, and I I don't know what moves things. I think even hearing like yeah, I'll go sit with the president. I can't I can't imagine uh, uh, a a senator, a governor, uh, a, a prominent Republican going to the White House right now and being photographed with Joe Biden. That feels too torturous, uh, a probability, a possibility for um, a GOP member right now. Is there a narrative? Is there a larger, big narrative that actually can encompass the left and the right? Is there a way to frame the fight against, call it climate change, the the or progress, scientific progress, even if it is... Um, EVs, electric vehicles. Is, is there a way to frame that as sort of the next yes. giant American well, exceptionalism? Here's, here's that... what I, I know this. And by the way, the guy that, that talked to me about Africa, and he has for many, many years, is Bobby Shriver. And you know, his mother, Eunice Shriver, one of the greatest women, started Special Olympics. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful person. Yes. You know, Schwarzenegger is, Arnold is one of the most amazing people. I've, I've known him for, I don't know, 30 years, maybe, maybe more. And Arnold, when he talks about climate, he doesn't talk about icebergs melting. He talks about clean water and clean air because people who have problems with their lungs want to be able to breathe. People want to be able to drink. We know what happened in your home state of of Michigan with Mm -hmm. Flint. I mean, there's ways to talk about this that's uniting people. And the other thing is, I'm, I really believe that our young people, you know, our college students and our Gen Xers and all that, they care about this issue. They care about mm-hmm. the climate. They care about our world. They need to talk to their parents and their grandparents about it. You imagine, uh, Jordan, if you went home when you were at school and you sat down with your mom and dad and said, Mom and Dad, I have, a, I have something I want to talk to you about. And you brought up some, some highbrow issue like climate, you know? They'd be stunned and mm-hmm. proud of you. You could convince them. Yes, I think there are things that we can do. You see what's happening with electric vehicles. I mean, I you you know about my car. I mean, you you you're the proud Tesla put, owner. But I mean, I think yeah. Tesla is an example of a company that the federal government gave a giant loan to Elon Musk so that he could start this thing. And I think like that innovation yeah. created so one of the world's right. well, greatest dicks. And I think the, that has some yep. downsides, but he created these amazing vehicles. Basic and- science research, more mm-hmm. money into the National Institutes of Health. We actually did that when we were running things back in the 90s. I mean, we put more money into basic science. We put more money into NIH. I believe the greatest new experiment or or not exploration should be the brain. I mean, you get to the brain, you unlock, you know, addiction, you unlock psychedelics. You every... You're talking about psychedelics. Yeah, you, yeah. You're into right. it. You're into microdosing. Right. There you go. Yeah. Governor, it's good. I don't know it's... what that means. You I'm do. not laughing. You I'm do. not laughing. You're not laughing out of ignorance. That's a laughter <laughs> of recognition. Psychedelics, um, you know, you've taken the trip, you've passed look, the test. I, I think there's ways to get there on this. Um, and I give credit to to the uh, to the leaders that want to do something themselves. You know, the people who want to stand up. Ollie's had a good reputation with um, some of the environmental groups. I'm trying to remember the one that was the best. They they you know we work together on stuff. Of course, we can find common ground, but we also have to have a transition. You know, natural gas is a transition gas, a transition product. To and we need to have nuclear. I remember, and you might remember, you wouldn't remember this, but back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, nuclear power was the devil. And now it's interesting that Enviro's are beginning to say, well, maybe we need it. And boy, I hope Germany goes on it and stops depending on Russia. So there's ways to get there. It's just... I know you want it here's, done in a day. So do I. I, I I'm not a patient guy. <laughs> but here, here's what I think a, a, a real world frustration. I don't have the answer, but I think it articulates it. We talk about the economy right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're hurting. We're hurting at the, the pump, and I get that. And there's arguments about drilling. There's arguments about ways to open up more oil production. Uh, and my fear is this is just going to become cyclical again. I think there's... Yeah, there we go pe- that, and then we don't get to the real thing. We, we keep, right? I mean, I, so here's the, I spent, 
I, I the last show I did, Klepper, I, I spent some time down in the bayou at a place called Cancer Alley, which is a very sad place. It's between Baton Rouge and uh, uh, New Orleans. And it's there's a lot of oil refineries there, a lot of chemical plants, and it's called Cancer right. Alley because, sadly, there's so many toxins in the air, there's just a high proportion of cancer and sickness. And it's also a high proportion of African Americans who live in the area. Yeah. And it's, it's a tragic story of a place that people are not taking care of, industry is... Uh, is taking over there in a way that isn't is paying more attention to profits than paying attention to people. Sadly, not that surprising. And then guess what? Coronavirus hits, and look who's overly affected by that. It's people who have poor health because yeah. of what's happening. And so, you know, it's it's a place that 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 the faults of America ha- has built. And I think I think there are a lot of good people in America who want to fix places like that and want yeah. us to get on a better footing. And and there is some talk, and I even Biden talked about taking steps to fix a place like Cancer Alley, but the next tragedy took place. This, where we are right now, suddenly gas is high and people are upset. There's a war in Ukraine. Uh, of course, we need to put some sanctions against Russia. And suddenly, now we have to take some shortcuts here um, to try to, to fix the problem at hand. And I understand the need for potentially more drilling. I think it's complicated, but no, I think it's you're, another you're, example. Listen, Jordan, you break my, you, you break my heart. When you tell me about those people, I mean, those those are those are my people. That's where that's my family working in coal mines and getting black lung. And, you know, I met a guy the other day. I had a call with him and I think he might want me to work with him. uh, And I might. And he has he, he cleaned up a lot of the of the ocean in out in California in um uh just outside of Los Angeles. Uh what uh, I would give me the Santa Monica. Okay. And he developed business solutions. Let me tell you what he talked to me about the other day. And this is really prelim, but it's it's very interesting. Let's say that you and I are in the computer business. We have to buy computers. Okay. We know, we knew, we know we got to go out and buy a bunch of them uh, because it's, it's necessary for our business. So we put out a bid for people who make computers and sell computers, and we say to them, okay, we're, we're, our bid is going to also include some extra money that gets included in your bid for social impact, something that will do good, whether it's coding for, you know, a thousand African-American women, whether it's something for kids, whether it, whatever it is, you can come up with whatever it is. And what this guy's been able to do is to create a program using software. And what he says is a lot of the big companies, they waste money on marketing. And he said, you take some of that money that's wasted and you put it in your bid, you embed it in your bid, and you can now have a social impact to do good, which makes the company that's doing the buying feel good about the ultimate result and makes the company that's selling be able to tell their employees about the good that they're now doing beyond the business that they have. It's really awesome. And we get off this, I'm going to, but I mean, this is a way to do things that we'd never thought of before. And this guy is just brilliant. And i want to be part of it. And I'm going to try, I'm going to advance it. I haven't told him yet, but I want to be part of this thing. But when it comes to those people living down there, they're poor, they're vulnerable. It's just, they can't be ignored, Jordan. And I'm telling you something, we ignore them at our own peril. That's the one thing we didn't talk about here. But, but I was The but, day but, but will Governor, come but, when we will be judged because our think, lives are short. Governor, that day is upon us, sir, and we need the enchilada. This is yeah. this, you, this, you, this. You know this what is, I'm saying, but that's that's a different. Yes, I. But but I but I'm saying this is the frustration. I do think is like, yeah. You, you are right. It's it is a tragic story, and it's it's. Uh, think about it, this though. Go ahead. But but, Go but, ahead. We, but the, the the needs of the political world right now is getting yeah. chewed up and making uh, is shortchanging our future. Trying to fix today for political purposes, and so you're going to see. Shortcuts taken, and the same people are going to be victims of these shortcuts, and we're putting the future off farther and farther away. And it's also, 
It's also putting us behind trying to not only fix these problems and these institutional problems, they're only compounding right now. And I, I think it's it's building a younger generation of people who run for office. And when they they put out big yes. ideas, they're yes. getting they're getting pounced upon yep. by an older generation that's like, that's not how we do this. And I, I think this younger generation well, is coming up and they're like, guys, I've been stuck in this institutional quagmire of people not looking towards a future, which is my future that I'm living into. And yeah. and I think that it's, it also speaks to a lot of the people in control right now are, are an older generation that I don't think has eyes towards the goods of the younger generations. And that's what scares me so much right now. And, you know, we talk about this uh what people around us are talking about. I'm literally, I got a little, you know, little wit at home. And when we go to the play area and we talk to other parents yeah. and they're worried about climate change, they're talking about, you know, buying their first homes, but they're not, they're talking about, should we buy them in places that uh, are going to be uh, sufficient climate wise 20 years from now? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a scary decision to reckon with. And I guess I'm wondering, it feels like it's a decision that's going to lie on the the younger generation to push this forward. And I think the way you speak about climate change and the way you speak about uh, younger folks and what they care about, I totally agree with. And I'm wondering, do you see any do you see any younger folks who are conservative in that world who are starting to to make a play for it? And I think across the board, even the gay marriage thing that we were talking about beforehand, like I said, most of this country yeah. supports that. And most of the people who actually voted uh, in the House who were Republican, there were 47 Republicans who did vote to protect gay marriage. And most of them are young. Yeah. And I'm, I'm well, wondering if there are those people that you're starting to see the conservative movement. Well, there is a problem fighters. solvers caucus, you know, in the House, a problem solvers caucus where they have really held hands and what I always say to them is, when's, when's the rubber meet the road? When are you willing to take your votes away from, from your, your overlords and tell them, uh-uh, I'm not working anymore? But there are people now, look, there's many groups in the country that have just had it with all this. And by the way, I can't tell you how they voted. Uh, and let's just, let's think about the poor people all over the country or the people who have played by the rules. They don't get any they don't get any help. They just try to make, you know, they pay their bills. They don't go into debt or they're in debt and they, they, they live paycheck to paycheck and they think nobody cares about them. There's a lot of those people. They think the, the system is gamed against them. A lot of those people voted for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I thought about it this morning. You know, when you play Monopoly, you know, you can, you ever, have you ever play Monopoly? If I play Monopoly with you and I think you're going to win, I'm dumping the board. I mean, I'm going to accidentally kick it with yeah, my knee. I imagine. Okay? Of course, that's what you go to. Republicans go to Monopoly. Exactly. I, th exactly. I think Democrats exactly. go to like Boggle let me, or let something. Let me lose graciously. Yeah, oh, okay, Republicans yeah. are like, what's the game where you could buy <laughs> yeah. and own property? Yeah, exactly. So here's, here's the thing. A lot of the people in the country, they just don't feel they're being listened to. And, and, and they not only just include you and the concerns you have about, you know, these issues. Thank God you've been fortunate enough to have accumulated assets or you don't have to worry about the next meal. But there are people out there who live in the, a lot of them live in these rural areas. They just, they're just not making it. And they are very angry. Mm -hmm. And they, and you know, they try to go get some healthcare insurance or get something covered by somebody in your family. It's like you're knocking your head against the wall. Those people have had it. And they may not like Trump, but they looked at Trump and they said, it's crude and, it, you know, well, at least there's somebody out there who's going to disrupt the system. Well, it was a it was a bad and that was negative populism. Mm -hmm. You know, Jordan, I I mean, I, th I worked I think that's so always... hard. I worked so hard in that in that campaign. And, you know, had a couple things gone the other way, I could have won. But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't work out that I mean, way. A little more than a couple. Uh, let's be honest. Let's say well, that. it would have been a couple. Dozen. It would have been. A, 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 it been. A, a, it would have been millions. Dozen. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. That. That wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, the the danger about our presidential campaigns and the danger of them is it's all about money, sure. and that's a big problem. Do you, if but, you don't have the money, you don't get the coverage. If you don't get the coverage, you don't get the money. And then us, 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 not you and me, but these people who have a lot of money that give the candidates, they don't want to back the wrong one because they want to go to the cocktail party and they want to say, well, look who I'm for, you know? So it takes 
what I'm hoping for right now, let me tell you what I think is a very interesting idea. I'd love to see a billionaire who is who is a great person who's willing to spend their money, run for president as an independent. And you know no, if they did that? No, no, no. And I'm not talking no. Musk. And if they did <laughs> no, that, you, if I'd only... run with them. Oh I'd be God. their running mate. Yeah. I you're like if only we could put more money into politics, I think that would be well, good. Well, I mean right now, I've got to figure I look, McCain tried valiantly and everything he put in, he had to change, he had to do it. We, there have got to be an answer for this. I see I I because I it can't just be about money. There's a compelling idea that I understand with like even the Bloomberg idea of somebody who isn't owned by anybody else running yeah. for office. I I think it's a compelling idea, but I also think it, it speaks at the heart of what is wrong with America is that we equate success with somebody who's figured out how to make the most money. And so that person no, must just, be. It's about resources. I don't care how, you know, that's but not I think we, we and, equate, and I don't want Musk. I'm not running with Elon Musk. You, I'm going to make that you, clear right now. But I think that's like an American deficiency is that we equate expertise in uh, in with with just money making in a way that is is yeah. harmful and we we've seen the effects of that. I I want to actually double back on something because I I think it's really curious when we talk about your run for president. Yeah. Um uh one electoral vote, is that right? One more than yeah. me? Is that what it was? One right. more than one me. One more than you. One more than me, yes. Uh you were offered a very different view of America than Donald Trump was. And I think right. you speak about love. You speak about the right. way you see this country. And I think Donald Trump spoke in some ways, diametrically opposed to what you did. I think he right. spoke to yeah, he fear did. and insecurity. That's uh, right. And, and anger. And anger. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I anger. don't doubt that there's a lot of politics behind it and things could have fallen different ways. But I do think, overwhelmingly, there was an energy in this country that people chose that. Yeah. How, how like, is that message of love and that American idea, do you think, do you think that exists in... The majority of the I, I think the, the, it, the red states at that time, yeah. or or do you think that that actually is is on the wane and sort of an antiquated look at how Americans see their their lot in life? I don't think people fundamentally are different. And let me just tell you, you anybody can say whatever they want, but you see those for films, now, for now, those gray in, in Florida. Give it, well, give it a couple. I'm weeks. just saying, you see those grainy movies are so beautiful. Of J John Kennedy and the hope. And then Bobby standing on the roof of a car in Indianapolis the night that uh, the Martin Luther King was assassinated. You know, Bobby Kennedy changed and started coming into his own. Even the hope in the in the early days of Ronald Reagan, you know, he when he was shot, that took a huge, huge toll. But there was a, you know, a, a a shining city on a hill. Yeah, he took that from somebody. Kennedy took stuff, but they they were they were great in the way that they projected hope and positivity. I think you have to recognize when people have serious problems, but I think you got to get right down in the you got to get right down on the floor with them, right there in the muck, and say we're going to do this together. And that's what I really learned running for president was it, yeah, the ideas, the issues, yeah, they mattered. But it was different than that. It was like, I get you. I got you. I mean, and you can't ignore the people who live down there in Cancer Alley. You got to go. You got to just, rem Jordan, for me, religious faith is about purpose, okay? You got a purpose in life and a series of things that you need to do. At the end of the day, I believe that the Lord is going to say, all right, kid, what'd you do with what I gave you? And I got to have an answer. And if the answer is I ignored those people and all I did was play a political game, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I want to at least have, I'm going to have a lousy answer, but I'm going to have as good an answer as I could possibly have. And so do I think that somebody, that people can emerge yeah, but I also think you emerged, Jordan. Oh, don't you put it matter. On me. Oh, don't put yes, it on me. Yes, it is no. on us. It's not on somebody else. It's on us. It's on this conversation we've had today. It's it's about all of us you know, doing what we can where we live. You know, got my wife, God bless her. She's had found this thing about our, the elderly who are lonely and lost, and she spends time with them. She's changing the world as much as what I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And so we always think that we need the Grand Slam home run. It's up to somebody else. It's chip away, chip away. Chip. That's, I guess, what this whole conversation is about. 
chip away, chip away, chip away, and get to the promised land. That's kind of well, how I feel about it. I, I don't know about you, but I've I've enjoyed this today. Me too. I yeah. you know what I think that we was... got some great guests coming up, and I hope people will tune us in. You were gonna. That was you attempting to have the last word. Is that what no, was going on? No, I'm not on? having the you get the last word. I started. <laughs> no, I, I started. So no, you get the I get you get it. the you, last word. You got you like you set yourself up. That's a that's a classy move. You set yourself up to have this beautiful speech about it's not about <laughs> it's not about them doing it, it's about well, us. Well, I was in politics, Jordan. Of course I understand how you leave the stage. You that know? was savvy. I had jokes lined up, I had ways to retort, and then you like <laughs> You t- you were tossing to future guests, uh, yes. clever. And there were there was move. a tear in your eye when I finished. I was like, oh my god, look at the way he deflects responsibility from those in power. So powerful. I can do it. No, I want the people I elected to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will. I will. What did that made me think? I've been reading. Do you know Wendell Berry, the writer, poet, philosopher? You would love Wendell Berry. He's okay. Uh, he's a Kentucky native who basically. He was a writer who moved back to his Kentucky home, and he writes about uh, working the land. And he's he's a wonderful writer and a philosopher and one of the smartest American oh. minds there are today. Uh, but he does speak a lot about politics in that sense, and the way we need to, like, care for this country, care for the land, care for the, the earth. He's very agricultural I'll get his, in I'll nature. Get his, is there, is there, if you just text me the name of his best book, and I'll get it. I will. I'll, I'll text it right to you. But one thing he does point out is that he uses the metaphor and, quite, and, and the literal nature of building your own garden, where he's like, yeah. you literally go out and, and create something beautiful, care about it, grow something so that you could feed yourself and your family with healthy ingredients. And also that not only will sustain you and help you there, but you're building a path towards the way in which you will approach the world. And I, I do hope and wish one that I have enough space in an apartment to grow a garden because it's a cocky thing for a guy in Kentucky to say, but two, that through that mindset, I do hope that we, we have more gardeners out there who will work at at yeah. fixing some of these problems because I think they are dire. Um, and I think we have a lot of great guests coming up and it's going to be, a... <laughs> see how I'm I wrapping do. it up right now? This is that... No, I, I think it's it's been very good and we'll do it again. And maybe sometime we can do one where we talk about what we got from our guests. I mean, yeah. I remember the poet with David Weich. He, he, his stuff was terrific. He you was know, great. not people people know of and, oh, they're going to have a poet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he, he was terrific. It, it was. was we've had a lot of great ones, and we'll talk about that, and um, and we'll deal with um, with more of your frustrations. How's that? <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come for the lively chat and stay for the frustrations. Um, uh, well, uh, a shout out to everybody who's been listening to us. Uh, we we appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear some of your feedback. Maybe the next time the governor and I chat, we'll incorporate some questions and some thoughts that you guys have. Um, why not? It's a podcast. It's what we can do. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, everybody. Jordan here, uh, your favorite host of the Kasich Klepper podcast. Thank you for listening this far. If you like what you hear, click like or thumbs up or whatever icon signifies a positive reaction. We love your ratings. We love your thoughts. Reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you want us to talk about because I'm tired of answering the governor's questions and I just prefer to answer yours. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Kasich and Klepper is a production of Treefort Media, hosted and executive produced by John Kasich and Jordan Klepper. Treefort Media's executive producers are Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, and Matthew Kuglin. Line producers, Oscar Guido. Associate producer, Lee Albanese. Audio direction by Tom Monahan, head of audio for Treefort, with production and editing by Maxwell Carney. Sound editing by Abigail Sullivan. Talent booking by Blythe Asher. With additional production help from Tim Schauer, Haley Mandelberg, Lindsay Whistler, Colin Motel, and Anastasia Ibrahim. This podcast is powered by ACAST.